All right, let's go. Welcome, Digital Difference Makes. Today with me, I have Dan Creed, a master business coach. Welcome, Dan. Hey, thank you. Just glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Now, for people that may not know you just yet, do you want to do a quick intro into who you are and what you do? Sure. I, I'm a master business coach, and what that means is that I, I have acquired over 15,000 hours of actual log coaching. I specialize in one-on-one -on -one coaching uh, for entrepreneurs, business people, executives, and large corporations, small businesses. Um, I What qualifies me to do this, number one, I'm a certified business coach for, uh, from the famous legendary Brian Tracy. He was my personal mentor. And uh, But I've also, what sets me apart much of the time is that I, I've, I've personally been a part of starting 15 different companies, <laughs> startups, which is why if you're watching, I don't have any hair. But uh, but we've done 15 startups and uh, been very successful with some of them. We we not, others we weren't, but we'd never lost any money. And uh, and I've also been a part of over 500 startups and turnarounds for my clients. Uh, I've been doing this 16 years. Uh, I'm I'm very proud to say that in the worst business years in history worldwide in in 2020 and 21. Uh, during the COVID years that 100% of my clients had growth. And that's because we work really well together. And, and I have a system that we work with. And like I said, I can help a, a $12 billion company and I can help a guy that's just starting a business. And how do you get growth during some of those periods? Because I, me and my business partner, we always talk around like the seasons of business and the people need to be prepared for like, you know, when, when winter's coming. Um, so what, what's your advice sort of around that, you know, when people are yeah. like, there's a down period, the market's down, things are happening. Yeah. yeah what's your well, approach? It's a, it's interesting. That's a good question. And I'm not doubting anything you, you've said. I just don't believe in seasonal business. I believe that it's always there that people will always buy. There's going to be some times that are bigger than others, like holidays and Christmas and black Friday. But I believe that buyers are buyers and they're going to need the products all the time. So when we entered 2020 and 21, I specifically took on a strategy working with uh, one of my biggest customers is uh, almost a 12 to $14 billion company. And then I work with a gentleman who owns three shoe stores, you know, but I sat down with every one of those companies in March of 2020. And I said, look, I acknowledge that there's terrible things going on in the world, you know, with politics and, COVID and everything else, but, but I also know that if you look at history during all these terrible times of chaos, there was also more millionaires made during that period of time than any other time in history. Now, why did that happen? That happened because there were people out there that were surviving and had that survival mentality, and there were people who had a thriving mentality and one of possibilities. So I told every one of my clients, I said, I, I acknowledge that this is going on, but I'm not leaving today until we come up with at least two possibilities that all of this brings us. So Joe, this came down to then my management as a coach. I, I knew that every time you turned on the TV, every time you talked to somebody, in most cases, it would be negative input. So I tried to be the most... The, the positive lighthouse of possibilities, you know, that my clients would ever see. And in some cases, I was told I was the only positive thing they that was around them on a weekly basis. So I try, and I'm not talking about jumping up and down on chairs. Thing. I'm just saying that I worked really hard with every client and I worked and clients had to do it. They have to do it in business coaching. But I, I really pushed them to monitor their mindset. And that mindset, again, was there's two mindsets, I believe, out there. And I, you can make it as scientific and make it hard as you want, but there's really only two. One is a poss possibility mindset, a thriving mindset. And the other one is a survival mindset. And a lot, of, a lot of times, if you want to do a little test, all you have to do is meet somebody, talk to a client, talk to a friend, and say, so how are you doing today? And some people will go, oh, well, you know, I'm just getting by. Well, what's that mindset? That's a survival mindset. 
I actually talked to a gentleman. I, I've written six books, and one of those books I was interviewing on goals. I was interviewing people all over the world because my practice is I've worked with people in 18 countries, and you know, the business language of business is the same no matter where you're at. So uh I I asked the guy one day, I said, tell me about goals. Oh, I've got goals. You know, first of all, they weren't written down, which is a necessity. That's a whole nother conversation. But but he said, oh, I have goals. I said, what's your goals? And I won't take you and your listeners through this, but he went on this diatribe about how he gets up in the morning and he thinks about these goals and he has breakfast and he thinks about these goals and he thinks about them while he's driving to work and he gets to work and he thinks about them. And I go, stop, what is it? What is this goal you think about all the time? He goes, I go to work every week with every day with the single purpose of breaking even. I actually heard that. So is that a possibility mindset or is that a survival mindset? Well, that's a survival mindset. He's he's not even seeing the opportunities. You know, I always kid him that there's probably a guy with a giant sign. You know, I, I'm sure you have them where you're at, the guys on the street corner spinning signs, that there's a guy with a giant you. sign that says, Coach Dan, where are you? I need you now. And yeah. because you're thinking of surviving, you're just going to walk right past him. You won't even see him. So I believe in when I work with clients in being positive from the standpoint of handling what is, not what if. Because all the problems of the world and your world and everything else is what if this happens? What if that happens? What if, you know, COVID and what if the economy and what if? Well, we can't really control that at all. But we can control what is. We can control our opportunities we can control our positive input. And again, I'm not talking about rah, rah, rah. I'm talking about the difference between going, oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? Let's lock the doors and pull our head in our turtle shell or going, there's some possibilities out here. I mean, what, yeah. one, I, of, my I clients, suppose. one yeah. of my clients shoe store, his parent company told him to lock the doors and I wouldn't let him. I said, so what are our possibilities? Cause our, our thinking was, Job was, I asked him, uh, I said, so if your doors aren't open, they sell safety toe boots, work shoes. And I said, so if you're not there to sell these safety boots to your clients, will they still need boots? Well, yeah, because, you know, construction industry is one of the industries that was, was COVID proof. I mean, they still were building buildings, you know. And he goes, yeah. And I go, so where will they buy them? And he mentioned a number of discount stores. And I said, so if they go there, will they get professional fitting? No. Will they get a professional to understand shoes? No. Will they get as good of quality product? No. I said, so if you don't think about ways to sell your clients, then you're actually putting your customer at physical risk. He goes, oh my gosh, I am. So we figured out a way to do it in these three stores went from three basic small uh, shoe stores to the top one, two, and three stores in the nation of the United States last year, because we figured out how to approach our customers with all the restrictions on us, and we still sold them shoes. So it's a matter of, you know, handling what is, understanding what the truth is, what it is you can control, and then, you know, then doing the best you can. Forget about all the noise. You know, forget about the noise that's out there. Um, me personally, it's not that I'm not interested, but I shut off, I shut off TV news uh, ten years ago. <laughs> it was all so negative. I mean, it doesn't mean I don't know about it. I don't know, but if you're trying to be a businessman, um, you know, I always think if any of you listening have ever been through a twelve-step program for drugs or alcohol. If you take that same program, I think every business person in the world should go through that program. Because <laughs> one of the steps in the 12-step program is, you know, you you may have to replace all your friends if they don't think in healthy ways for you. And during the bad economy and everything else, how many of us know friends or or relationships or news and everything else that's just so naive? The world's coming to an end. And if you listen to it enough, guess, guess what? So we had every one of our clients had growth and I and it all started with having a positive uh, possibility attitude. And I just, I wear them out 
first thing I said when I'd walk in for our meetings or did a Zoom meeting, hi, where's your head at today? Where's your head at? Why do we need to get that back on track? So that's that's a long way to answer your question, but it really worked. And I still I think it's just as applicable today as it was two years ago. Yeah, I I, I agree. And like I think that particularly for coaches, like if you try and go in and start trying to like coach and solve some problems, but there's just something else going on in their head, like there's something else going on emotionally that you don't pick up on. It's kind of like it's wasting time. I think like, unless you can get to them like at a state of going like, okay, I'm, I'm ready for this. Like I can, I can take this on. Let's, let's do this kind of thing. You could be, you'd be trying to coach someone through their next actions or possibilities, like you're saying, and they're kind of like, I can't do this. I've got to shut the doors. If you don't address that. Well, you've just hit on a touchy spot for me. I, I think a lot of people who call themselves coaches uh, have that thing in mind of let's let's get through our program instead of saying what's going on with you today. You know they're they're trying yeah. to get through a set of, of you know programs for a client instead of understanding. I I was originally trained in this business to understand one thing of understand the customer's needs from the customer's point of view. And if you do that, the only way you achieve that is becoming a world-class listener. And I believe listening is the lost art in, in business, worldwide business. Nobody listens to anybody. I think most coaches um, are people who are listening only to look for their, the next opening for them to talk again. Yeah. Um, I have a part of my program coaching program is, is based on customizing the whole program. And that means I'm going to sit down and ask a question and then believe it or not, I'm going to shut up and listen. And I contend that if you do that as a coach, as a business owner, as a leader, that if you do that, people will tell you how to sell them, how to help them. But nobody asks anymore. No, nobody listens. Um, you know, a famous a famous personal in in, in business growth expert was uh, Zig Ziglar. Uh, a lot of people knew of Zig, and he was a he was a friend and a mentor. And he said one time, one of his famous statements was, "Help enough people get what they want, and you'll get what you want." He also said, though, in in more of a lengthy statement, he goes. Uh, he, I heard him say, he said, look, you can never look at a client like a commission check. And if you do, you're never going to be as effective as you possibly can be. So you have to first understand their needs from their point of view. You have to listen, ask questions and listen. Then you help them. Once you understand that clearly, you help them solve their specific needs. And when you do that, then you're going to get rewarded. One of those rewards is you're going to get a hug sometimes. You know, who doesn't like a good hug? Other times you're going to get a good referral. Another thing you're going to get is great testimonial. And then another thing you're going to get is you're going to get paid. And if you do it well, you're going to get paid well. But your initial focus is solely on helping them. Now, I I have, we have whole libraries of things that I can, I can draw from. Um, some of my mentors taught, it, it's, it's interesting, Joe. They always taught the, kind of the same concept but the great ones used to say that that there is a foundational recipe for business and personal success and within that recipe there's about 14 ingredients and those ingredients that go in that recipe are the same no matter what business you're in or where you're at or what the economic conditions are that those foundational things that you know, uh, so which led me to believe I can coach anybody in any business anywhere in the world, in any economy, because I first go in and let's let's find out how well we're doing on the foundational elements, things like uh, priority management, time management, goal setting, written goals, uh, sales, uh, listening, uh, personality profiling. You know, there's about 14 of those. 
So even when I went into my billion dollar company or I go into a startup, I'll sit down and go, the first thing we're going to do is I'm going to ask you lots of questions based on how we're doing foundationally. Um, I heard one of my mentors say one time that the similarity between a 40 story skyscraper and a three bedroom house is that without a good foundation, they'll both fall down. So I always go in with my, with my clients and let's, let's establish the foundation and where we're at. Because I want to know if you're not doing, if you don't have goals or they're just in your head or your time management stinks or whatever, I want to know that because it's just as important to know what you don't do well as much as it is to what you do well. Because I'm not going to chew you out for it, but that's the key to getting better. And, and sometimes, well, last two years, we average anywhere from a 10x to a 40x growth. I mean, that's, now I don't take credit for it. I help people get there, but they still have to do the work, you know, but it comes down to clarity of your mind. Where's your mindset at? Clarity on the foundational issues. And the problem is in today's world, everybody wants to say, hey, you know, I got this cool new app. I got this and I got this. And, I'm, and look, let's just get back and make sure we're doing the, the basics right. You know, and that that's where we really get the most success from, you know, in helping them identify what we do well and what we not don't do so well. What are the things that we need to learn to do? What are the things we need to get better at with with no finger pointing? It's just you can take huge leaps in business growth by just getting better at what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting like when you're talking about like the um, people don't listen. I think there's, and particularly in like the marketing world, like I see so many people wanting to automate some of the most important things in the business, like just sales, actually having conversations yeah. with potential clients. Like they're looking at how can I optimize this thing? And it's like, it's, never really been like that in business up until like what like the last like 10 15 years like yeah. and they're trying to change hundreds of years of what worked in business i think we're starting to see that a few people are waking up to that now um obviously like some of the agencies that promote that stuff won't do that but i mean whenever someone says to me like I'm not sure what to create content around. I'm not sure like what I should be posting. I'm like, like all of my content comes from an actual conversation I've had with someone recently, like someone that's a genuine problem that they've yeah. explained to me that nothing beats it. Nothing beats creating content from something that a real person has said to you because that's the that that's the gold. And, and I see so many people trying to get away from having conversations with their potential clients yeah, and, and trying to automate everything. So, I mean, yeah. even with these, how, how do the bigger businesses that you've worked with manage that? Have you, have you noticed like a similar trend between the smaller businesses and the bigger businesses trying to do the same yeah. or is there more understanding from one or the other? What's your experience? No, it, it seems sometimes the bigger they get, the less, the more they're stuck in old ways. The, the, I cringe when I hear, well, that's the way we've always done it. Um, you see, I believe that you can be, uh, I worked with uh, Oracle Corporation for a while and then the second largest software company in the world. And Larry Ellison runs that company at, I think they're, 400 billion now. I don't know. Somebody will correct me on that, but it's, it's pretty big. But when I was working with them, they, I mean, and still to this day, they consider, he considered that company an entrepreneurial company. An entrepreneurial company means that their fleet, they make decisions quick. They fail fast. They remember what it's like. I mean, it's, it's a mindset. I, I read a research piece, I think, done by, I believe it was Babson College, which is a very large business school, very well known. But they, and I can never remember the name of this research piece. I call it the closed door concept. But they, if you can envision 
an entrepreneurial company here on one side and an old school corporation here that won't change their thinking. And they're running side by side, thousand miles an hour. And all of a sudden the door comes up in front of them all. The old line company goes, oh, the door closed. Let's form a committee and see who to blame for this stoppage of work. Let's see who we're going to blame for this. And literally, I know in the U.S. there's billions of dollars spent every year just to say, let's form a committee and make it a deal and see who we're going to blame and all this. Where an entrepreneurial company will stop and go, well, okay, a door closed. Uh, I have a plan B. I can go right or left. Uh, let's go right. Ping, and they're off right a thousand miles. Another door closes. They go, oh, I got a plan C. And they're just constantly moving, you know, and they keep going. And these old line companies are just stuck with their, with, you know, anchors in the mud. I mean, they just can't move because of their own dereliction to the, they're derelict to what's been going on around them. And, and they're not adjusting to the future and who their customers are and, and what they want and how they buy and why they buy it. So, you know, an entrepreneur, you've got to, rem you've got to, in today, you've, you, you can't take very long to make decisions. You, I spent a lot of time teaching people, how do I make an effective decision that won't get me in trouble? You know, how do I analyze it quicker? How do we move forward? How do we hire the right people that won't get locked down in making decisions? Uh, uh, Brian Tracy wrote a book called Flight Plan. And it, it likens business and making decisions faster to the same as if you're flying an airplane. I mean, you could plan on flying wherever you want to fly, point A to point B. You could plan for months. Well, you know, what's the wind going to be? I don't know what the, you know, what's, what's the weather is going to be like. And I don't know about the traffic. And you plan and you plan and you plan. When in fact, you don't know if your plan is going to work no matter how long you spend it until you'll take off, until you launch. Most people don't know that, and I've heard variations of this, but it's like 90% or 92% of any flight that you're in the air of, 92% of the time you're off course. But there's a pilot there to make the small adjustments necessary to land on time and safely. And it's the same with a business. You cannot be successful in today's world if you spend all your time wondering about the what if you plan your course and then you launch and you make adjustments as you go but you don't stop and go oh my god what do we do now you know you have a plan i i talked to all my clients about having a plan b c and d and that's what saved a lot of us in covid time i, mean, I just say stop panic You've got two minutes to panic, okay? Panic time is over. What's our plan B? Okay, we're going to, it's like the shoe store guy. He said, okay, we have to lock the doors. That doesn't mean we can't sell shoes. And we came up with two ways to sell them and blew up. So again, it's what if is, oh, well, you know, we can't launch yet. In fact, uh, there was another research piece on the similarities what were the similarities of highly successful entrepreneurs? And they investigated, I believe it was a sample base of like 100,000. And they looked at age and income and family income and education and gender and uh, uh, you know ethnicity. They, they looked at everything. And it came back to the, the one trait that every successful entrepreneur shared. There, there was one trait that they all shared. You know what that was? The one trait that they all shared was at some point they had a willingness to what they called to step out in faith. That just means at some point they go, well, let's see what happens. Yeah. And they stepped out and went, well, okay. And then you can make adjustments. You know, I, I know your listeners worldwide probably have friends or family that have been in, you know, in the uh, armed forces and, I, I spent a lot of time around people that were in, you know, the, the real high level, you know, like the Navy SEALs and things like this. And I asked one of them one time, I said, when does a battle plan go bad? 
he says, as soon as the first shot is fired, you know, and, and then once it's fired, then I have to start making adjustments immediately to that plan or somebody gets hurt. So it's the same in business, you know, particularly, I mean, why does 92% of all businesses go broke in five years or less? I think it's because they don't have a plan B. They don't know what to do if things go bad. First of all, it's a lot of it's because people get into a business that they think is going to be fun, but they have no business background. They might be a good plumber and dad was a plumber and grandpa was a plumber, mm -hmm. but they don't know anything about being in business. I talked to a dentist one time, a very highly successful dentist, and he wanted me to coach him. And I said, just for the fun of it, why? And he goes, well, all in all, I was in school about 13 years, you know, with, with, internships and college and anything else he goes and i was required to take one business course and i never went to the course and i still became a dentist <laughs> you know? yeah i mean they're great technicians they're fabulous at what they do but they're not trained to be a business person too yeah you know so that's why it's important to always surround yourself with with a team you know, and and more than anything, surround yourself with people who are positive about the potential of the world and where you're going. So I'm pretty I'm pretty passionate about this. So you're gonna have to stop me here. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, I, last time we talked, you talked about some of the work that you do behind the scenes. Like your business has really allowed you to get that space to work with some people that wouldn't get the opportunity to work with you yeah. normally. And you do some work with um, people that have got life sentences. Could you yes. tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I, I've been really blessed and my, my clients have been very successful and, and uh, my business has grown over 16 years. And, and I mean, the reason I got into this business, I think was, you know, I did the 15 startups and, an advice and a mentor said one time, you need to take all this knowledge of not only your successes, but all of your failures and help other business people not make those mistakes again or grow faster. And that was very inspirational to me. But I've been successful enough that that I've done, I do a lot, try to do a lot of charity work. And one of those is I wrote a book called The Life Best Lived. And it ended up in some prisons around the U.S. and a couple of guys uh, found it and wrote me a letter. Um, I wrote them back. Next thing I know, the warden's calling me, and I was invited to speak at one of the one of the bigger prisons in America. And uh, and I came in came in. Uh, I've been in there a number of times. The last time I was there, I was I I I spent a whole day. I spent seven hours in maximum security, and the men have to apply to come to my my workshop because I'm a little more than just a volunteer from the outside. And uh, so they applied. A lot of them are in a program called Brothers in Blue, which uh, has a uh, recidivism rate. In the United States, the recidivism rate is about 75%, which means if you get let out, about seven, three out of four will go back to prison. Well, the recidivism rate of this program is about 11%. It's very, very successful. So to even get get to be considered to go to one of my workshops, they have to be part of this program. Anyway, I had 30, I believe 36 gentlemen in my, in my meeting and 33 of them were in on life sentences. And it's, it's life-changing for me. And hopefully I can give something, but they, but I go in and talk about business, you know, how to be a businessman and, you know, the foundations, how to, how to negotiate, how to, how to, how to uh, uh, have the right mindset. You know, the last time I was there though, I said, you know, if I get, I'm so lucky to come back, what, uh, what would you like me to talk on? And Job, they all, they all got together and they came back and said, well, we've got a topic and I, what is it? And they said, goals. Now, of course, a lot of your listeners are thinking, why goals? <laughs> Guys are in a life sentence. Well, I asked one of the more prominent gentlemen that I, I've worked with now for three years by telephone, but uh, he's in his 37th year, I believe. 
in prison. And since he's been in there, he's became a got a PhD and really done well. And I said, so why, why goals? And he goes, well, there's two things you can do in here. You can either be quote, you can, can keep to continue to be a knucklehead, which in slang terms, that's just, you know, continue to get in trouble and that kind of thing. Or he said, you can do something to change your life. And uh, in his case, he got a PhD, he got a counseling degree. So he works with other men in prison from the inside, you know, and some of them will get out, but it's been very, very gratifying. Uh, I, you know, I try to go uh, three or four times a year. In fact, I'm going back, I believe, later this month. Um, it's in the Midwest of the United States, and but it's very fulfilling. I get as much out of it as I hope they do. But, you know, just to teach people things like negotiating, you know, um, listening skills, all these things are skills you can get improve yourself with. So it's it's been very gratifying. Thanks for asking me about that. No, of course. I, I just think it's very interesting. I, I also think that it goes to show like why it's important to to grow a business and like not feel guilty about getting I think a lot of listeners do have trouble with selling and they have trouble with the idea of, well, growing my business might mean that I can't give enough care. I can't like, you know, the, this idea that growing the business might actually mean less time for people. Yeah. So I like giving examples and, and this is a perfect one. Yeah. I, I don't believe create that time. Yeah. Our, the success stories that we have, uh, if any of your listeners would go to my website, there's a section on it about case studies and if you look at that, I mean, it's just the opposite. You can grow a business dramatically and actually get time back if you do it right. Because we focus on, my focus usually is very simple, usually, is, and that's, uh, if I can help improve your productivity in a number of different ways, your profitability is always going to grow. And if we do both of those productivity improvement and product uh, profitability growth, then the derivative of that is always you're going to improve the quality of your life if you do it right. Growing a business doesn't mean you will spend 90 hours a week. You know, it doesn't at all. In fact, I can I can show your listeners how to go from 90 hours a week to 55 hours a week and actually get more done. You know, but it's it's all it's all it's a skill. It's like goal setting. It's a skill. It's sales in particular. And don't get me off on that because we'll be talking all day. <laughs> but people yeah. go, well, you know, I'd never be a salesperson there. I go, whoa, 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 whoa. Have you ever asked a pretty girl out on a date? Have you ever negotiated with children that you might have? Have you ever went to talk parent teacher meeting? Have you ever asked for a raise? Have you ever had, or have you ever had to sell something for a living to eat? Well, you're a salesman, whether you like it or not, you're in sales. So the first thing I do when I do, uh, uh, when I do entrepreneur seminars, I say the first thing you need to learn to do, because it's a skill so you can learn it, is learn to sell. Quit all this baloney about, I'm never going to be, you are, you are in sales. And there's, ways to learn how to be a how to survive in sales and thrive in sales if you put your mind to it there's ways to do it in ways the way i teach is understand what your personality profile is and then there's ways to learn how to sell in ways that you enjoy doing most people think if you've come and go and get into sales you have to change who you are and you don't you just have to learn how to sell in a way that you feel comfortable doing it. And when you do, you'll just knock it out of the park. But yeah. it's like any other skill. Guess what? You have to practice it. I've got a friend who won a gold medal in the Olympics and in, in rowing. He goes, rowing, you get in a boat, right? And you row. He said, but a hundredth of a second can be a difference between a gold medal and not. And that just, that's all practice. 
That's all learning different skills and elements. Sales is the same way. And again, like I said, if you've ever dealt with children, if you've ever asked for a raise, you know, if you've ever, you know, proposed for marriage, that's selling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're you're selling. If you ever applied for a job, guess what? You're selling. So get that baloney out of your head and learn how to sell. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you have to know how to sell. You have to know how to sell to a banker. You have to know how to sell to your team. You have to know how to sell to prospects. You have to know how to sell. Yeah, so and I mean, it. particularly for like a lot of the people that, that are our listeners are coaches. So you know, I'm, I'm big on selling is coaching coaching and selling so i mean uh i i think i heard one sales guy um and and i agree to this i agree with this to a degree but he said you know you shouldn't be coaching on sales calls but and i only agree in the way that i think a lot of new coaches um miss um misconceive coaching as teaching you know you shouldn't be coming on that i would argue with that as you guess i would (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. I, I would argue with that because I one of the one of the things I do is uh, I firmly believe I'm not right for everybody. So if if you want to talk to me about me coaching you, we're going to sit down and have a great conversation. And I'm going to look for ways that I might help you in what you're doing, whether you hire me or not. If yeah. we uncover a couple of things and you tell me some of the challenges you're having. I might say, well, here's a couple ideas you might use. And, you know, and by doing that, I'm giving them a taste of what I do, what coaching is, and I'm selling myself. Yeah, you know? I, I think it's um, that, I and mean, that still, I would say, comes under coaching as opposed to coming on with like, the person gives them like a, a sliver of an answer around like what's going on and the person attacks it trying to yeah. solve oh, that no, thing without right really understanding yeah. it you know so that's like that's i suppose the differentiation yeah exactly so it's like you know if you want to be a, a good coach it's listening like it's and, and that's selling listener. like it is it's selling and it's listening start? and asking right questions you've got to understand the client's needs from their point of view and the only way you can do that is ask them a question and shut up yeah Pretty simple. If yeah. you ask, you know, and then if there's a fit, there's a fit. And if there isn't, you know, I had a, one of my mentors, I talk a lot about my mentors, but they've been like angels to me. And one of them said, look, because I was moaning and groaning one time, I didn't get a this presentation I made. And he goes, look, some will, some won't. So what? Someone's waiting. And so I, I believe, I don't believe there's a fit. I'm a fit with everyone because I've got a pretty aggressive style that I just get stuff done. I'm not going to be a coach that's going to kiss your ear in or say yes to you all the time. Yeah. I'm going to understand your goals. I'm going to understand your opportunities. I'm going to understand your threats and challenges. And we're going to attack it. We're going to get it done. And if you don't like that, don't hire me. <laughs> yeah. You know, but the only way you can do that effectively, Job, the only way you can do that effectively is to understand what's going on. Yeah. See, that's the difference between a tell sell and an ask sale. A tell sell is where I come in and say, Job, let me tell you all the reasons you ought to hire me. Or tell me a lot what's going on. And they say two things and you pounce on it, which is what Mm. you're talking about. That isn't accomplishing anything. I would rather come in and ask you questions, take notes, write them down, take notes, you know, and under let you talk about it. Because again, that's a strategy. Listening is a strategy. It's a very specific strategy. Why? Because again, no one listens. And I've seen people who want somebody to listen to them. And you get three minutes in and you hear something that you could sell them on and you attack them. And you can see the client go, I was hoping he would listen to me. Yeah. But he's not. So I'm going to put up with this for a while. And then I'm going to tell him to leave. Right? Yeah. I mean, if you just shut up and listen, 
the client, the prospect will tell you how to sell them. They will tell you how yeah. to sell them your services. Yeah. It's funny because, I mean, I, I can remember one call um, like three or four months ago. I remember I hadn't even said that much on the call. I was just listening. And we got to like maybe three quarters or three quarters of the way through the call. And they said like, this has been really helpful. Like, thank you very much. And I was literally like, Touchdown. I haven't even done anything yet. Like, re- like they just... You have though. See? No, I, I, I know it. Yeah, I, I see it that way. Yeah. But Obviously, like, yeah. I, I think it's, it's, that is so interesting from like the, your initial thoughts when you first get started as a coach or like, even if you're taking on some sort of coaching role within a business, yeah, you just think that it's, it's got to be telling that it has to be, you have to be like this, this teacher that you have to have all the answers and like. Yeah, like you're saying, listening is a strategy. I, I can't give you details on up. it, but I made a sale one time. I was working with the government, and I made a sale one time. It was part of making a sale one time of, I don't know, it was 40-some million dollars. And I firmly believe the only reason I got that is every other sales rep before me went in and said, let me tell you all the reasons you ought to buy. And I went in and said, I don't know whether I'm right for you or not. Let me understand whether what you need is something I have. And if it, if it is, we ought to do business together. And the client went, okay, that's fair. I'd like to say I was a sales genius, but all I did was ask him, what do you need? How yeah. unique is that? You know? Yeah. Well, I think it's like, um, I was talking about this with another guy. I think all of the, um, like sale, like advanced sales eventually comes around to like just basic communication Every and doing that extremely well. Like you know, we sort of go through this phase of like, I need to learn sales. I need to learn all this stuff. So I'm going to get this script. I'm going to learn tonality. I'm going to learn all of these different things. And then you get back around to the point of like, well, the tonality and the words and all the other things kind of sort themselves out if you're coming in with like the purpose of serving and actually listening that when you ask the question with the right curiosity, it just actually comes across that way. (laughs) So to that point, to that point, let me, I share this all the time, but there was a great research piece that done by a gentleman by the name of Dr. Albert Mahrabian. And he found that he was looking into the elements of personal communication. And if you look at a hundred percent, he found that 7%, only 7% of successful communication was because of the spoken words. 38% was voice and tone. And 55% was body language. So 80, what, 5, 8, 93% of success in communication is what people perceive. If if they see me going, yeah, we can, you know, we'll give it a try. Or I say, you know, we can solve that for you. What does that sound like? It sounds, take away the words and listen to the voice. It sounds confident. It gives hope. It says, I'm listening to you. Body language is looking, intent. I, I did an interview with a guy the other day and he goes, this is my most important question. So answer this question. He told me, and then he does this. I, I'm listening. Go ahead. He starts checking his email while I'm talking to him. Yeah. How important is that call really? So again, if you keep in mind that 93% of all successful communication which one is sales, what you just said. Sales is communication. If your voice tone isn't isn't uh, confident and up, if your body language isn't, I'm listening, at least you act like you're listening, I'm confident. I mean, I used to have a goal when I'd walk into a room at a networking thing or a dinner or some event, I wanted people to say, I don't know what he's selling, but I want some of it. 
just because of how I walked, how I smiled, how I talked, how I shook hands, how I greeted somebody. It's it's all about communication and communication is selling because selling is people that trust you enough to give you a try. Yeah. That's really all it is. That's why I don't really care. And when I teach sales, I really spend a lot of time on don't sell a package. Don't sell stuff. You've got to sell hope. You've got to sell passion. You've got to sell caring. You've got to sell listening. You've got to sell solutions. You've got to sell, you know, know-how. You've got to sell competence. But how many people do you know do that? Yeah, well, I mean. The, hand, um, the top 2% do that. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then it makes sense because it is funny how, well, you know, you and me would probably think that it's, you know, common sense, it's natural, but we also know how many, and that it doesn't come natural for a That's lot of right. people. Yeah. But coming back to, because we could probably continue on sales for um, hours and hours <laughs> and hours. Um, for yourself and your business, what's the impact you want to have in the next 15, 20 years' time? Yeah, you know, it's kind of cliche to say I want to affect 100 million people, but but I want to be take an old cliche and say, you know, there's this the old line we've all heard be a pebble in the pond. You know, by helping one person, they'll make them better and they'll affect two people and on and on and on. Well, I don't want to be. I don't I don't think I have the time to be a pebble in the pond. I want to be a landslide. Uh, I want to be a tsunami in the ocean. You know, so I'm always looking for ways to I, I love the one on one and I'm I'm working on trying to do one on one on a grand keep doing that, but keep spreading on a grander scale. I, you know, through books, through speaking, because, again, with my my approach, I call it street fighting business coaching. You know, it's it's let's just get stuff done. It's. Everything I do doesn't come from doesn't come from a manual or a textbook. Everything I do is based on real life experience and doing that. So I want to help, even if it's just one more person, but I want to help people to not make the mistakes others have already made to grow faster because I have one client that we had huge success and they said, what you did here was change our family tree. Well, that'll affect generations if, in fact, we did that. What we did, we saved the business, and it it grew. And they had, uh, they had like fifteen family members working there. They had four hundred employees. They had probably a thousand vendors, and and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And the more through our success, they helped them in crazy ways of helping them pay, you know, retirement funds and things like this. And it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And it just, you know, the one hard work that, that we did with 20 people might've affected, you know, a hundred thousand before it was over with. So I just, I just believe that if I can have some effect on the world that to get people to believe that knowledge is never ending, that you should, if you retire fine, but keep learning, because knowledge, they've proven that knowledge is only stopped when you stop it. You can be 120 years old and still be learning. You know, the uh, the Oriental uh, side of our world, uh, you know, believes in something called Kaizen, which is continuous, never-ending, can I? Uh, continuous and never-ending improvement. You know, uh, it's all Kaizen. It's all that work ethic. It, you know, not that you work yourself to death, but but can if you're going to go to work, learn something every day that you can bring home. I know when I learned communication styles with, with personality profile, that made me a better, not only a better salesman, a manager, an owner, but it made me a better husband and, and father because I learned how to communicate better. So I, I just hope that in some ways uh, my books continue to work, but in some way we can I can keep spreading the idea that we can all learn to get better learning for the most part and the things we need to learn to get better are all skills and skills are anything that can be learned. So don't shut down and no, the other thing is 
no matter what everybody around you is saying or tells you, don't listen to them. If you can dream, I find, and I'll stop here, but I found as I work with goals of, of uh, whether it's big time executives or, or startups, that the number one issue that I deal with a lot is helping that business owner, entrepreneur, executive, helping them learn how to dream again. They forgot how to dream. They're just beating, you know, breaking the rock every day, you know, and this is it, that they forgot to go like a five-year-old might dream. I want to be an astronaut. Well, who says you can? You know, just don't listen to anybody. I mean, I was raised on a farm and, you know, in, in the Midwest and, you know, in essence said I had to be a farmer. I, you know, forget about the world. And that's the way I took it anyway, you know, and you can do anything you want, but you have to have a dream and you have to maintain it and don't let anybody push you away from that. And if you do that, most of the time, that's a key to growing your business. That's a key to personality, growing your, you know, personal growth is just dreaming, having something that you're always reaching for, you know, and, and I think that's a skill. And I think the world plays against that. So, you know, if any, so to your listeners, if anybody tries to talk you out of a dream, have them call me, I'll find them. <laughs> I'll take care Straight of them. Straight bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the dream protector. I'm like Superman of dreams. You know, I've got to go, don't let anybody do that. You know, I'll, I'll have them call you and you, you go find them and go, don't do that again to my friend. You know, <laughs> yeah. you got to keep smiling. I mean, you got to keep learning. I love it, Dan. Thank you very much for coming on and sharing your story and talking about okay. why you do what you do. If anyone wants to get in contact with you after this, how can they do that? Well, uh, the easiest way, because of where we're all at, you know, the world is pretty small. Um, if you could, uh, if anybody wants to get a hold of me, just go to my website and leave a note there. It's uh, www.realworldbusinesscoach, realworldbusinesscoach.com. Um, look around at, but send me an email or you can find me on, on, uh, LinkedIn under coach Dan, you know, and, uh, um, I'm really, or business coach Dan on LinkedIn. Just, I'd love to talk to you if you had any questions. And, uh, of course, please thank Job for, you know, I appreciate you having me on. And, uh, but if, if you have any questions or just want to check it out, go to realworldbusinesscoach.com and, be glad to talk to you. Yeah, it was awesome. I'll leave the um, link for that in the show notes for anyone that wants yeah. to um, find you, Dan. And yeah, thank you again for coming on and talking about yeah. what you're doing. And um, thank you yeah, so much. Very, very uh, proud to have you on and thank be able you. to share your story. Well, I'm proud to be here. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. And, and again, it's these kind of formats that are changing the world today. So, you know, uh, thank you for doing what you do.